Well, we've done it again. We're bringing in Matt Preventure, who everyone knows is an amazing sports medicine orthopedic surgeon from the Vail, from Vail, Colorado. He is one of the most prolific and influential sports medicine specialists in our country. He has served uh, our country in the U.S. Navy for over 27 years, was just recently retired, uh, former team physician for the New England Patriots. He has a CV that goes 133 pages long. The man is just uh, clearly remarkable, and it's an amazing episode. I know you're going to love it. Hashtag follow the frow. This episode of The Ortho Show was brought to you by Thompson Surgical Instruments. Thompson understands the value of exposure and surgery and is dedicated to providing innovative, high-quality, and safe retractors. Thompson's new total joint table-mounted retractor system offers a versatile setup and independent retraction so that surgeons may achieve uncompromised exposure. To learn more and get your free trial today, visit Thompson Surgical Instruments at www.thompsonsurgical.com. That's www.thompsonsurgical.com. Thompson, the go-to retractor for all of your exposure needs. From Medical Media, this is The Ortho Show. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where everybody knows we bring you the best of the best in the orthopedic world. And this is an amazing episode today. We are thrilled to have Matt Preventure, who's a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon who's in private practice at the Stedman Clinic in Vail, Colorado, principal investigator for the Stedman Philippon Research Institute, former professor of orthopedics for the Uniformed Armed Services, and is one of the most prolific and influential sports medicine surgeons in our country. Matt, it's a pleasure to see you again, brother. Scott, thanks so much. It's great to be here with you today. Thank you. No, it's my pleasure. So, so let's start. We always like to start in the beginning, you know, where it all happened. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up here in Northern uh, Massachusetts and have a home up in Queechee, Vermont, and you grew up in New Hampshire. So tell us a little bit about that. Were you the first doctor? Was Navy in the blood? What was it about? Yeah, no, Scott, it's it's amazing when I look back at all of where where this all started. And I guess New Hampshire was really the start of it. I don't remember much of it, but I was born in Newport, Rhode Island. My dad was in the Navy. Uh, he had gone to the Naval Academy like myself and my brother. And there was no, <laughs> I think, undue influence there, but certainly opened our eyes up to the opportunities uh, with the Naval Academy. We, he moved very early on. I was maybe four or five years old to New Hampshire. We grew up in a very small town called Barrington. The general store was the post office. We had no traffic lights. We shopped there. I We had an elementary school, barely a middle school, and then went to public high school that was about 20 minutes away. And my parents had to basically drive us there because we didn't really have a, a good way to get to, to high school as we're in the middle of the woods. We did... Uh, my dad was an engineer by training. Uh, my mom worked in guidance department and was secretary and just, it was, it was a wonderful upbringing in the kind of the woods of New Hampshire where we were encouraged to go out and play, have our own fun, make our own fun, uh, innovate. Uh, it was, it was a really cool 
time growing up in New Hampshire, having both the mountains and the ocean accessible was uh, exceptional. Yeah, that's awesome. There couldn't have been too many kids from, from Durham High School who were thinking about going to the U.S. Naval Academy, I'm sure. Who who wrote your letters to get you in? Who who was your sponsors? Yeah, no, my my main one was uh, Senator Rudman. And so he was a pretty well-known senator back in the day from New Hampshire and helped me quite a bit get into the Naval Academy and secure a nomination that route. So I was very, very thankful for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, the Navy runs through in our family pretty well. And I have one of the most vivid memories I can ever have. 1977, I guess I was probably 13 years old. I went to my my cousin's graduation and the white hat ceremony of the white hats being thrown up, running around, trying to grab five or six of those totally. hats. It was just something I'll never <laughs> yeah, forget. And, uh, for sure. you know, an amazing experience, you know, being at the Naval Academy, I'm sure. And, and uh, from there, I guess it was, was it medical school right away? I mean, was that something that you knew you were driven to? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story, and I think one of the ones that kind of run throughs uh, runs through the, the the thread of the fabric of my life is you know sort of many people that have helped me along the way, and there's many people I'm grateful to, uh, thankful for. And while I was at the Naval Academy, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be a jet pilot. My brother got the much better genetics in the family. He's the F-18 pilot, who was three years behind me. Uh, still is in Virginia Beach, uh, helping train pilots there in the F-18, but I couldn't fly because I had 20-50 vision, and it went down pretty quickly after I got there, and so I almost left. I almost went back somewhere else to college. I couldn't fly, and my dad said, ah, before, you know, I know this is tough. Just go see my old chemistry professor there, and, and uh, who's now the dean of students, a guy named John Kelly, and so I met with John Kelly who was the dean of students. He's like, Roger, you're an engineer, electrical engineer. We need you. I remember your dad, he, you know, classic old professor dusts off his folder in the 1960s and comes like, I tried to get your dad to go medicine. Yeah. Everything about medicine. I'm like, I don't even know how to spell it. Uh, never had in the family, never had anything. And uh, he's like, listen, I'll make you a deal. You find a way to help graduate engineering here, do well, your grades are, you know, doing fine. I need some good engineers to graduate from here, especially in electrical engineering. I've got a site visit coming up for accreditation. You stay, fin finish double E. We'll get your med school requirements in for a couple years after school. I know you want to row also. So I, basically what I did is I moved with the Navy uh, stationed me up in Boston after I graduated Naval Academy. I was there at the ROTC unit at uh, BU, uh, Harvard, MIT. It was all combined ROTC unit on Common Ave right downtown. It was a great spot. Had a great CO and, you know, worked there and completed med school classes. And also we were training for the U.S. Uh, national rowing team out of there. So I took a, a few years and then went to medical school. So long, long story, but that's why I, I finished up an electrical engineer and then did some extra classes on the side. You know, it's fascinating. Everybody sort of finds their own path as they come, which is interesting as the first doctor in the family as well, uh, the combination with Navy. So so, you know, so you're rowing and you're, you're obviously an outstanding rower and was, was orthopedics in your brain as you're thinking about heading off to Dartmouth Medical School or you weren't sure yet? Yeah, Scott, how many, how many of us have the classic story of I was injured, yeah. go see this dog, I have no idea. Yeah. I, and that's what I had. I, I had squeakers. I had uh, intersection syndrome in my uh, forearm. I can't Squeakers, I love it. I love yeah, it. I can't remember the two tendons anymore, but yeah, right. um, exactly. it's on our boards exam, but it's... Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, I, but actually back in the day, a guy named Eddie McDevitt, when I was rowing, I had a few injuries with rowing. So Eddie McDevitt was a head team physician at the Naval Academy and took me under his wing and 
he's been very influential and just another great mentor of mine and has shown me the way. And you need to think about orthopedics. How do you spell that again? Like it's a little harder than medicine. So it was, it was great. And having these mentors along the way really helped shape. Where yeah. We I mean, that's what I love about this show is when it doesn't matter who we talk to, where they are in their stage of life, the word mentor shows up in every single episode that we do. It's really so important. And then for most people, uh, they then grab the torch, right, and become the mentor for the next generation. And so, uh, so you're at Dartmouth Medical School. You're right across the, the street from me. I'm up in Queechee. You're hanging out in Love Hanover. It. You got four great years, uh, and yep. then it's off to give back some time to the residency at the Naval Medical Center. Uh, so you pat you do your, your your time at the Navy uh, residency. Tell us about the Navy residency. What was that like? Scott, it was interesting. You know, I was. When we went into the residency, you, you everyone had to do time after their intern year. And so I did my internship year knowing that I had to go out and, and do something. You could be a general medical officer, you could be a flight surgeon, you could be a dive medical officer, you could do all these other. When I look back now, some pretty cool things before just grinding through five years of residency, which we all did. And so I, but looking back, I, I think, you know, I wish. <laughs> I, I wish I, I did, I, but I had a forced tincture of patience. And that tincture of patience, I think, is another theme that resonates through my career. And it was a lot of this was forced by the Navy. You know, after my internship year, I had to say, do I want to go flight surgery and do three years, do dive medicine? And I said, well, I might just want to do civilian residency. Why can't I stay at Dartmouth, go down to Boston somewhere? You know, I'm a New England guy and, you know, stay here, stick around. I love it. And at the end of the day, I didn't really have the opportunity. There were no numbers. You know, you're a little yeah. bit of a pawn in the game and it's a numbers game. I didn't have, there were no deferments really that year for me to buy into or, or apply for, I guess. And so I didn't get any deferment. They said, listen, you're going to San Diego. I'm like, okay, never been, while well, I was out there at the, the Naval Academy, sent me out there twice. I said, this is a cool spot. And so that's where we where we started. So I did an internship and then actually went to Okinawa for one year and did a general medical officer tour because I knew I sort of wanted to go back in orthopedics, but I love my general medical officer tour in Okinawa, Japan. You're like the, you know, the a really uh, you know, kind of lower level family practice physician for, you haven't gone through family practice residency or internal medicine residency or primary care. So I don't want to take anything away from that, but you're basically a, a primary care, you know, lower end on the lower end of the scale doc for, you know, Marines are beneficiaries and you know, everyone else is in Okinawa. So it, it was a great time and a lot of great adventures there for that year. So, I mean, so you're going through your residency and you're like, okay, I got to get back to the sports thing. Let me see if I can get back to the real world here and do a, do a non-Navy fellowship. And, and Rush takes you, which, you know, was an amazing fellowship. Bernie Bach is there, is leading the way. You've got a relatively young Brian Cole, who's nine years <laughs> into practice at that point. And right. so was it an amazing sports? I mean, we've had so many Rush fellows, you know, on the show. It's just an amazing group of right. individuals. It's a real cadre of family. Was it amazing? It was. Yeah, there's no question. It was my first choice. We didn't have the match. You know, you didn't have the match. We you know, yeah. you get a phone call, you interview, yeah. you need to tell us right now. You got in here, you got to tell right. us right away. <laughs> right. I can't, exactly. I'm just getting on the plane. Can you give me a break? <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually so much better to have the match and a process and everything that goes through it. But I, I knew I wanted to go to Rush as soon as I heard about it, saw it. Now what's interesting, another tincture of patience. I practiced for three years before going to Rush. And so it was board certified, forced Navy delays. Well, we don't have any sports fellowship slots where you have to apply for a fellowship. So fortunately, after 
that time period, I was, uh, so I was supposed to actually go to Chicago. We had her, my wife and I had her bags packed to Chicago. She was an attorney practicing in San Diego. And she's like, Oh, okay. And my boss, John Webster, Captain John Webster, great guy, great leader, incredible human being, spine surgeon comes to me in, in like June. He's like early June. He's like, my orders are basically cut to go to Chicago and start, you know, being a general orthopod at Great Lakes in Chicago, <clears throat> just north of Rush. <laughs> and he comes and he's like, hey, um, one of the sports stocks is getting out. I think another one's going to be soon after that. Do you think... Um, you could stay here in San Diego for a couple of years and just be kind of a junior staff and learn. And he's like, why don't you talk to your wife, Melissa, check it out. And uh, I'm like, I don't think I have to talk with her. We're, we're going to stay if that's okay. And it's on the table. Oh, <laughs> so awesome. It's big Navy. You got to go through a big process to get all these orders changed. I mean, so we had no idea if it was going to happen, but uh, it fortunately did. So we stayed in San Diego, went to rush for a year. It was incredible. I went board certified. I always say, you know, people like Bernie and Tony Romeo and Brian Cole and, and uh, Chuck Bush, Joseph, Greg Nicholson. Those were, those are really the main folks there. And yeah, that's who yeah. taught me, but they honestly, Scott, they uh, made me more efficient. They undid a lot of some of my bad habits and made me a much better clinician. And I'm just really proud to be part of that uh, rush umbrella, if you will. So we're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsor, Trackable Med. This episode of the Ortho Show podcast is brought to you by Trackable Med. You work like crazy, but you make less every year. You feel busy, but it's not with the procedures you want. The problem is you rely on referrals, which are out of your control. Maybe you've tried advertising, maybe a new website, but there are always questions. Is it working? Am I wasting money? How can you get more of the patients you want on purpose? Trackable Med. Trackable Med was born out of a frustration with an advertising industry riddled with a lack of accountability to actual outcomes. With Trackable Med, it's all about the results defined as something you can deposit into a bank account. Results are achieved through an approach rooted in neuroscience, advertising, web design, and even appointment setting patient engagement solutions. Everything is designed with purpose towards your goal and all with no contracts. Find out if accelerating patient demand for your practice with Trackable Med is a good fit for you. Visit trackablemed.com and click on free consultation. So then, so you do your fellowship and then, uh, is it back to San Diego again, right? Where you're going to go. I mean, welcome to the world of the Navy, right? I mean, there's not a lot of flexibility here and I, you know, and you're a real Navy guy. I mean, you know, there are some people that do it and then go Naval Reserve as quick as they can and get their duties done. I mean, you really stuck this out and I want to talk about that towards the end, but so you're, you're active, you know, duty out there. And I mean, the list of things that you've done, you know, in the Navy is too long to be able to list on this podcast. But one of the things that I think that really sort of sticks out, which must have been a real, a real amazing honor for you, was the head orthopedic doctor for the West Coast Navy SEALs, teams one, three, five, and seven. That must have been a tremendous responsibility and something you're very proud of. Scott, yeah, I, I didn't really even know what um, I had the opportunity to participate in when I when the opportunity came about. I, we, we were supposed to go after rush, uh, somewhere else. And the <clears throat> rush orders, Navy orders were going to take me back to Japan, take me to Guam, maybe East coast or Florida somewhere. And fortunately powers of B, we were able to, uh, go and have the San Diego orders. And when we got the that I knew, okay, game on. This is great. We can go back to the research, get back to the things we were doing, get back to taking great care of our patients. What also came with that job, which I had already done before on some level, but without being kind of sports certified was 
helping our, you know, helping our Navy special warfare out in San Diego and whatever I could do to help. I literally just volunteered time, went down there early, would ride my bike down from Coronado, lived in Coronado, would go down to the base in Coronado, ride my bike down, drive in early before clinic would start and at the main hospital and, and go see these guys in the training room. And I, I got to tell you, I learned more musculoskeletal medicine, surgery, patient care at that facility than I did any, probably anywhere else. And no disrespect to my great teachers at Rush or San Diego or anything, but that's really the musculoskeletal care team. It was the nutritionist we put together. It was the strength conditioning. It was the therapist, the athletic trainer. It was the primary care physicians, which were wonderful to work with and help get our SEAL teams back on track with their adrenal axis and their testosterone and all these things we were missing with the holistic care of the athlete. So that's what I really learned there was the true holistic care of the athletes. It was a really special time for me and a great privilege and honor to be involved with Navy Special Warfare. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And like I said, the the the, the awards, the honors, and the, the accolades for your time in the Navy would go on for another entirely another podcast. But really, thank you so much for sharing that. But I guess, you know, eventually you pay off your time <laughs> and then it's time to maybe go out into the real world again. I think you clearly stayed on for the Navy Reserve, but a, a unique opportunity occurs uh, for, for you to head out to Boston again, back to the East Coast, and you become the chief of sports medicine at Mass General Hospital and become the head team physician for the New England Patriots. And that must have been a really cool uh, process of deciding to sort of come back East again and, and have that opportunity. Yeah, that was, I look back in 2012 when we were thinking, I was thinking about getting out of the family of the Navy and staying. It was right around 17 years of active duty service. And it's a tough decision when I look back on it at the time. I, I knew I was ready for another challenge. The Navy had been just absolutely wonderful to me. We had been almost 17 years in, in, in Coronado, in San Diego. So we were very blessed on top of some Okinawa time. I was the Navy sent me to probably 53 different countries in my time. It was wow. you know, just an amazing adventure surgical director on the USNS Mercy. And, you know, there were definitely some more leadership positions, you know, including, you know, maybe being, you know, CEO of the hospital ship. Some of these other things we were just entertaining and had been mentioned to me. But I, I was ready for just something different in orthopedics, I think, at the end of the day. And that's why I headed to Boston and uh, had that opportunity at Mass General come up. And it was uh, it was just wonderful. And being able to work with really, you know, being head, head team position for, you know, just over three years for the New England Patriots with, um, you know, Bill Belichick, Jonathan Robert Kraft, just amazing human beings, great leaders, extremely well-led organization. And uh, it was it was it was a great pleasure and an honor to be a part of that. No, I'm sure. And, you know, as a New England guy, you know, <laughs> my kids have grown up with what, thinking we're going to have a championship every year. And I'll tell you a funny story. There are two things. So first, you know, obviously in 2015, you know, it's the, it's the Super Bowl against Seattle, right? Oh. And, and the game's over. It's going to be the two-yard handoff. That's it. The game's over. And next thing you know, Malcolm Butler makes the interception and you guys go crazy and you're getting yourself a Super Bowl ring. Crazy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, being 30 yards away from that play where I'd almost just uh, turned away, <laughs> missed the whole thing. It was you didn't want to see it. You didn't want to have to be like you no, and Tom you Brady jumping up. up on the sidelines together oh, afterwards. I mean, no, it was just amazing. 
unreal. What a great, what a great yeah, moment no, we, we were in a good time, but you know, Scott, like you, you and I, we've, we've suffered through some uh, very tough uh, New England, Boston teams, you know, yeah, no, long for time sure. with Red Sox, long time with the Patriots, but Bruins even, and it, it's uh, an amazing dynasty that these organizations have put together and having the ability of Mass General to help care for them and provide on, on some small level to be a part of that was, was truly amazing. There's one more story I got to tell for my kids. I don't know if you recall, yeah. but for the 2017, we were at the Super Bowl together. Our seats weren't too far apart. It was the Atlanta game. And yep. I had you come over and meet my twin boys. Yep. And I got a picture with yep. you in your Super Bowl ring. And it's halftime. And one of my kids leans over. He's like, Dad, the score is 28 to 3. You know, how are we possibly going to win this game? And I'm getting, I'm getting texts from my friends like, that's a really expensive Lady Gaga concert you went to, you know, and all these things. And sure enough, we wound up winning in the last seconds. James White. Scores a touchdown right in the end zone by us. What an amazing, uh, so great time that was, right? I, I remember, I remember, I remember that well. Yeah, my I, my kids, I think, were um, crying in the stands and they wanted to leave. Yeah, <laughs> like, at we're not used to this, Dad. We we win. We're not used to this. <laughs> yeah, I said, I don't know. Bill Belichick either wins or loses by three points at every Super Bowl. I don't know how it's going to happen, but something's going to happen. Uh, that's but that, that that's a great experience. And so, you, you know, and so you came back and that was like a thing and you did amazing and you had this opportunity to get your Super Bowl ring, but then, you know, it's time to go again. And so from there, you decide you're going to go to the world famous Stedman Clinic out in Vail. And you've been there now for what, five, six years? How long you've been there now? Yeah, we're almost starting our six and a half, almost seven yeah. years. It's crazy. So it's gone. It's gone has fast. It, has it been? A, I mean, obviously, it's been a great move with you for as far as research and all the things that you do for education and whatnot. And I'm sure you're happy there. And it's been been good for you and your wife and your family. Yeah, Scott, very, very thankful for the opportunity that, you know, Mark Philippon, Dan Draba, the others have given me here. It's been, it's been a great ride and I've got incredible partners, very high end, every specialty, super well represented. You know, you can walk down the hall and show one hard case after another that walks into our, you know, into our doors and, you know, get, get some great feedback, you know, just right around the corner. And so that's, that's what it's about. On top of it, the Research Institute is, is amazing. I, I almost don't have enough time to keep up with all the opportunities. We've got a great group of scientists led by, you know, Johnny Huard, Scott Tashman, Chelsea Bainey, and many others. And it's, it's a really great group of PhDs. And now they've got students and master's students. And it, it now the ability to have more than, you know, whether it's uh, Johnny's or others or things we're participating in, but we have almost 25 million NIH grants just here, plus another eight to 10 million in DOD grants. It's been, it's been a great journey to be able to now really advance science at, at the next level with some of these grants we've been working on. It's been really cool stuff. Really a unique setup for sure. And by the way, you know, I'll be happy to take care of your post-op ACLs that get done at, uh, at Vail. You can send them to me for the ones in Boston. We'll take, we'll do that for you. Uh, just, just the fractures during ski season. That's okay. That's all good. All good. So <laughs> listen, you. I I, it, yeah, you're, you're welcome. I'm here for you, brother. Um, so, so I want to, I want to bring up something because I think it's pretty, pretty remarkable within orthopedics. I mean, you know, you've got a CV that's 133 pages long, you know, you just don't stop. You got all this energy. You're doing all these great things. And it seems to run through with you military guys, whether, you know, Brian Bascone, Eric Smith, JT Tokich, Glenn Ross. It seems like there's a drive that comes from your military training that just sort of extends into your orthopedic practices. What is it? I mean, you guys seem to crush it. Is it just it's the nature of, of the hard work that got you here or what do you think it is? I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, it's got I don't know what's in the water. I, I think some of it is. Um, 
some of it is just through the military and I, I love the collegiality. You love going to work. You love driving to work. And I, I love driving to work here. I love driving to work in Boston, but you know, you got to love driving to work and getting up in the morning and, and, and doing what you do and thinking about the next project and the next innovation or the next, you know, fellow case you're going to do and teach and teach one. Now they can do a hundred and, you know, that that's impactful. And, and so I, I love being a part of that. I know all the names you mentioned know these folks very well. You know, my great friend, JT Tokish, you know, actually uh, was a big part of my retirement ceremony in June. And, you know, just when, when we go back and look at all the stuff we've done with SOMOS, our military earth society, all our research we've done, it, it's, it's super cool. And, it, it it just feeds on each other. And it's just, I think that culture of collaboration and collegiality, and yeah. that's what, that's what it's about. And, uh, you know, we've all got our own thing and everything going on, but we really can emphasize that more and more in our world, especially in orthopedics and medicine and wherever you name it, we're, we're going to be more successful together. than apart. Yeah. And it's organization. I think that you, you've lived a life of organization in the military. It just is the nature of what you have to do. And I think you bring that to the table in the civilian world as well. You know, you just brought it up and I wanted to make sure that we brought it up as well and really wanted to send you a heartfelt congratulations for your retirement ceremony. It's been a big year for you, uh, your retirement ceremony for, from uh, from the Navy after 27 years. That had to have been a very special moment for you. And just give us a few words as to how that affected you and how amazing it was. Yeah, no, Scott, it was a great event. I actually got rescheduled almost three times because of COVID. So we, I had to, I finally got it, you know, through and in in California. I wanted to do it in San Diego. I had a lot of great friends and a lot of time there, obviously 17 years in Coronado. So I, it was a great weekend in, in June. The weather was beautiful. I was always worried about June gloom in San Diego, but with clouds and rain, but, you know, fortunately didn't have it. And we just, we, we just had a really nice weekend. And, and for us, it, was about, it wasn't really about me. It was really about family and friends and, and just bringing a really nice positive closure to an incredible chapter in my life. Now, what's unique about it is I'm still doing a lot of work, and a lot of consulting work, whether it's Navy Special Warfare or you know, a lot of human performance stuff we're doing and DOD stuff and grants. It's it, it's not going away. It's just uh, taking the uniform off. Yeah, well, I mean, it must have been a very special moment. And I love that. It was a celebration for family and friends and, of course, of you, of your, of your time. Sure. And so, you know, there's another great story that just happened. And I, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, you gave up the white jacket and they gave you a red jacket. Uh, you know, got the, the AOSSM uh, Red Jacket Award, which is really cool. It's given out uh, for, you know, innovation. You have to apply for it. And everyone knows that you're, you know, you're a guru when it comes to shoulder instability. And you've really been able to sort of change the way of thinking with your tibial as well as your, you know, your tailor allografts uh, for surgical intervention. But we don't have to go into the details. I know my mother's listening. She would get bored. But really just want to really congratulate you on the fact that you got that. What an amazing accomplishment. And I'm sure you want to send out some love to some of the people that got you there, too. Yeah, Scott, I mean, the, you know, the list is it's so many mentors, so many, so much family, friends, my kids, my wife, there's so many people I have to thank that's, that's helped the, uh, the, the research team, the, my patients, my colleagues. I mean, I, the, the list goes on and on and on, but really this has been about a 16, 17 year journey just from the, you know, say the distal tibia, but all the other instability innovations. And it was really kind of cool to look back in that and present on that in terms of, you know, oh, I guess <laughs> you don't even sort of realize it. And, you know, time goes by, you're like, oh, I guess that was pretty cool. And people are doing it now. Now it's got a life of its own. Obviously you want it to work and maybe it doesn't always work, but 
there's certainly great solutions. It's it's added in from the distal tibia, among many other, you know, many of the other things that the team has, you know, helped test and come up with. And it does take a team. It's not just this one thing, but I, I do think you have to have someone sort of leading the way. And there's several of us. And I, I love pushing the envelope, pushing my team, pushing innovation. What can we do that's still, you know, safe? It's not going to harm patients. It's going to help and address problems we have because I, I know if we're having issues with it, I bet other people around the country are having issues with it. I just want to try to find ways to to help that. So uh, that's that's been the fun journey about it. It's just this kind of thirst of knowledge and, and helping people. Nothing better than the respect and accolades of your peers uh, in something that you've really helped to make a difference, right? You can only treat so many patients in a day yourself, uh, but when you develop things and ideas like this, you can affect the lives of so many others. And so, you know, look, Matt, this was amazing. I knew it would be. Uh, you have an amazing, rich story, uh, you know, that that we're so happy that we could share. I want to thank you for your service to our country and your time in the Navy, for your remarkable contributions to orthopedics and sports medicine. And we're really thrilled that you could join us today. Scott, it's amazing. I appreciate everything you've done as well, too. This is an amazing uh, podcast. It's a great honor to be a part of it. And I, I thank you for your time. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time.